Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this 22nd day of November. And uh, going to go over the good scope, bad scope here. That's the new segment I've added last week. Uh, basically, where I was right, where I was wrong. Also, Auburn. Looks like they're getting their guy, and I don't agree with it. I don't understand what the deal is. The Auburn coaching search is good. My take on these spread offenses, uh, the NFL power five. But first, you know, this, the Lions of all team, uh, with Dan Campbell, kind of a – a feel-good story. Uh, Dan Campbell, very liked head coach there uh, coming in. Uh, they had the hard knocks this past season. And, you know, they um, – but they got off to such a rough start here, only winning one. And now they have got a um, – they're on a three-game uh, winning streak, you know. They fired their head. They fired their defensive back coach, and now they've 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 got on this three game winning streak. And if they win Thursday Thanksgiving, check this out, folks. This is how bad the Detroit Lions have been. If they win on Thursday, the Lions will go four and zero in November for the first time since nineteen sixty two. Okay. So I, I thought that was interesting. I uh, also want to make a quick announcement. I'm kind of doing things a little bit out of order here. Uh, tomorrow, I'll have various tiers on the program. Current University of Tennessee baseball player. want to ask him about his prospects. want to ask him about the success of all those sports in the uh, uh, for the University of Tennessee. I know they lost a big uh, crushing loss there Saturday. But it's unprecedented to have all three sports on this kind of national spotlight up there. So I'll, I'll have him on tomorrow. There'll be no show Thursday. I'll be back Friday. We'll be uh, Mad New Yorker breaking down this week's five top NFL games in the league. But let's go back to this. So the Lions, they beat the Giants at, at New York. Uh, get their third straight win, and again, if they if they win Thursday, this will be the first time they went four and zero since nineteen sixty two. And what's really interesting is uh, they beat a giant team with a pretty good run defense, three straight rushing touchdowns. You know. Uh, they beat the Packers. They killed the Packers to nine points after firing their defensive back coach. And on top of all that, they have fired. Uh, they have fired. You think Lions, you think fired, right? They have the Rams first round pick and the Rams lost again this past weekend. And the Rams have, uh, the, if the draft were held today, they would have the number six. The Lions would have the Rams' uh, first-round pick, which would be the number six pick overall. So you look at this Lions team. I talk about the Lions to say this. The Bears have the number three pick as of right now. Okay, we saw some flashes out of Justin Fields. And the Bears also have $100 million in cap space. And on top of that, the the leader, uh, the leader of the division, Minnesota Vikings, they got the second best record in the NFL. A well put together team looks like they found their guy, coach, at head coach. So what does this mean for Green Bay? You know, I mean, you got to look at the cap hit. You got to look at only thing they can depend on is the draft. Rodgers' cap hit over the next two years is outrageous. If you're a Packers fan, you hope to continue to lose out because you still got your draft pick. And I want to say you have the Raiders, uh, a pick from the Raiders as well. And you may just be better off if Rodgers retired and then take uh, 
next year is probably going to be another bad year because the the Lions and the Bears are both ascending, and you're going to be descending along uh, behind Minnesota. So that's the best you can hope for as Green Bay, looking at that NFC North. And plus, uh, the side note with the Lions is that they will have that the Lions will have a uh, um, they're going to have really high picks too, and they're going to have cap space. Now, what they do with Jared Goff, who knows? Uh, I have no idea what they're going to do with Jared Goff. Uh, this will also give uh, an advancement. This will probably buy Dan Campbell. This will probably buy him a couple more years as well. Uh, again, of course, they're still four and six. Let's see how it ends. Their defense has went up tremendously. I mean, they killed Green Bay to nine points. And Green Bay has been a, a lying killer over the years. But they've gotten more physical, something they've lacked. Aiden Hutchison right there for defensive rookie of the year with Sauce Gardner. You know, uh, Amon St. Brown, big hit at wide receiver. Jamal Williams, big hit at running back. Win healthy, uh, big hit at running back with um, with Swift. Big hit all over the offensive line with with the right tackle, Sewell, and um, I think Flowers is, I can't remember the left tackle. Uh, they moved him over to the left tackle. Their biggest issues, defense. It looks like Okuda can't stay healthy, but – if you're a Lions fan, and I don't think I'd be talking about the Lions, but it's interesting because it, it, it comes back on what the the Packers, uh, how, how they're going to handle this. But all they really need to do is go all defense in the next draft and free agency, and they're a playoff contender. You know, you look at the opposite of someone wrote an article Speaking of the Rams, and I want to say this was out of, um, I want to say it was like the Wall Street Journal. It's either the Wall Street Journal or Sports Illustrated. But it, they were talking about the, the, the both of the L.A. teams between the, the Lakers and the Rams. Both of them are head, both of them went all in to win now. And the Lakers, what are they three and ten now? And, and and of course the Rams are three and six, uh, three and seven now. I want to say, yeah, they lost. Uh, they're three and seven. They don't have a first round pick next year. And like I said before, they're a team that doesn't have any depth. Uh, they did win the Super Bowl. The, the Lakers did win. Lakers haven't won a playoff series other than the bubble year. So they're, they're pretty much in the same boat. The problem with the Lakers is that it's harder to get players in and your draft status is not automatic because you got the lottery system and you have the, all those guaranteed contracts. And people are not even talking about them as a number one team. More people from what I'm hearing the guys that, uh, out there, more people are starting to be interested in the Dodgers, you know, the football teams, the underachieving yet football teams, but the Lakers are kind of second fiddle. But this Rams team is is just um, – it, it's something else, man. They haven't had a first-round pick since 2016, you know, they traded for Jalen Ramsey, Matt Stafford, and just the name. Those are a few big players. They've also traded for other players. Von Miller this past year. Now, they've got a Super Bowl. I just wonder how much – they're not going to make the playoffs this year. And the more they lose, the more they're helping the Detroit Lions. I think maybe they'll help their second-round status. But it, it, it's a – you know – if you're a Rams fan, they they don't really have a strong fan base because they just moved to LA. Uh, if I'm the ownership there, from the success they've had with Les Snead and Sean McVay, 
Yeah, that could probably be kind of uh, lay low and be bad for about three more years or two more years. It seems like it'll go by pretty quickly. But this is, in my uh, opinion, I think this is one of the reasons why that uh, McVay thought about stepping down after the Super Bowl. He can see this because, you know, they lost their left tackle. Uh, they cut Daryl Henderson. They cut a running back. Uh, so they kept Cam Akers, the guy that was supposedly had an attitude. So you're starting to see things kind of uncrumble uh, up there and over there in L.A. But they've gonna they've done a good job considering the market size. They've done a good job keeping it wraps. But they're gonna they're heading for some hard times. Uh, I think Donald. Uh, Aaron Donald could retire either this year or next year, if you ask me. He's 33, you know. But they're just the team that is that is teetering downhill. But this is what it's – when you're all in now, is to the level they have been six years without a first-round draft pick, even if you win a Super Bowl – how bad are you going to be leading up to that? How, how bad are – because they had made some mistakes like signing Todd Gurley. Both of them really fairly young. I want to say that the, the general manager is like 45, and I don't even think the head coach is 40, McVay and Snead. Uh, apparently, the owner don't really care right now. He wanted to create a buzz since they built that new SoFi Stadium there. He built it on his own dime. But you're just curious to how long that he'll he'll want to see the team go uh, go downhill, possibly not even make the playoffs for three years. Uh, that remains to be seen. But that's where they're heading, you know. And, and you're getting articles like uh, this from yeah, this was uh, uh, Wall Street Journal wrote this about the Lakers. And of course, Lakers a little bit different situation because you got your best player making making all the plays there, uh, pushing for Anthony Davis, pushing for Westbrook, and uh, they could be a mess for a while if the owner don't take charge, get a real general manager, do away with LeBron, uh, trade Anthony. I trade everybody, Davis, LeBron. You can't give away Westbrook. I'm sure they'll probably try to do away with him, but it's going to be an interesting town. Looking ahead, if you ask me, Buckles. Endless supply of Walmart money. Yeah, that don't you have a set salary cap in the league, though. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Pickle says Dan Campbell is has uh, the Lions on track. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, and my, the biggest challenge for me was watching him. Is he like David Cully, the former coach of the Houston Texans? Was he too loyal to his uh, assistants? Was he uh, too nice to the players, too much of a player's coach? And he has proven that wrong. He's proven that wrong because now maybe he was forced to fire this defensive back coach uh, three weeks ago on Halloween. Or maybe he just said, you know what? We're not getting it done in in this category. I'm sorry, but we got to move on, man. Nobody will, will never know. We'll probably never know. Either way, they're on a three-game winning streak. If they win Thursday, which they could, you know, Buffalo had to go. I don't know if Buffalo's just staying in town two weeks. Remember, Buffalo played Sunday's game in Detroit because they had an all-time blizzard there. But but if, but if they beat Buffalo for whatever reason, now Buffalo's like eight-and-a-half, nine-point favorites. If they beat Buffalo for whatever reason, that's the best November they've had since 1962. That's unbelievable. That tells you how bad they've been in 4-0 in, no, in November. Uh, I don't think that'll happen. But they're an interesting story. They're starting to play up to the way a lot of us seen this team playing out, considering their draft picks, considering the way they finished last year. And, of course, the hard knocks thing. Sometimes we can buy too much into it because hard knocks can do the Hollywood thing and kind of um, – you kind of hype that overhype things, and you realize, wait a minute, let's take a step back. This team's on hard knocks for a reason because they were bad last year. But anywho, anywho, moving right along. Okay, so that is a few extra takes on the Rams there. 
and of course the Lions. Okay, now I guess I'll go to my Power Five. You know, I, I got to tell you, you know, even with injuries from Kansas City, uh, you know, before I do that, let me take a quick break. I'll be back in a minute nineteen. We'll go over the uh, this latest update on Power Five, good scope, bad scope, and I'll get into some college football here in just about a minute and 19 hello sports scope followers after five years of doing this program once a week balancing a 60 hour work week job i've decided to do the program five days a week one hour a night taking a significant pay cut so i've started a patreon page which is patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n slash sports scope Spelled the same way at the bottom of the screen you see there for $5 a month, 17 cents a day. You can help support the program. You ask yourself, why Sports Scope? Well, I bring in such big names uh, such as Al Borges, former Auburn offensive coordinator, and, and I cover the big news uh, in sports that the corporate media will not cover. If you want to contribute more than $5 a month, you can go use the cash app. The cash tag is Sports Scope, again, spelled the same way. Or you can go to the Zelle app, sportsscope at gmail.com. Uh, Sports Scope has about 5,000 followers and growing. If you want to advertise on the program, you can email me. The word is sportsscope, spelled the same way again, at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the program. Alrighty then. Okay, so let's go up with the good scope or not. No, no, let's, let me do my uh, power five here. Now, Buffalo came back, got the win last week. Uh, they're still showing to be a dominant team up front. Uh, I keep reading that they're just a little bit closer to getting their, their star cornerback back, Tredavious White. I was reading that today. Uh, he's one step closer. They've got Poirier back at uh, safety. They're going to get uh, Rossanu back at, at, at defensive tackle. They're still a force to be reckoned with. They're in second place. I think they'll be able to knock out Miami when they play Miami in a few weeks in Buffalo, but we'll see about that. We shall see. So I got them still at number five. They're still around the top seven in offensive defense uh, overall. They just had some defensive injuries. Uh, remember, they had the blizzard last week. And, you know, they took care of Cleveland on Sunday. Not saying a lot. I kept Miami at number four. Uh, put Miami at number four. No, they didn't play. They're in first place. The Jets were beat last week. Uh, this team, again, they did. They still beat Buffalo, you know. They beat Buffalo. Uh, their their defense is 21st. Now, the Miami Dolphin defense is better than that, and they still haven't got Byron Jones back. That's their number two cornerback. Xavier uh, Howard, he's floating around. Uh, he's top five, top three cornerback in the NFL, and you can really see it there. Uh, their fair run defense like I said, 21st, that's probably uh, not really realistic of what the Dolphins are, per se, uh, because the Dolphins have such a good offense. Teams are throwing more on them, and they're having to play catch-up. Mind you, that that big win they had over uh, uh, Baltimore. And, you know, like I said before the other day, with the Jeff Wilson having over 100 yards, and, of course, you add in uh, Mostert in there. We've already talked about the top five wide receivers. They had the week off, by the way. So uh, the running game, the development of the running game, as the weather changes, that's what's keeping me uh, wanting to keep Miami into this, um, wanting to keep Miami into this kind uh, of top four type of uh, team here. They're showing balance, and Tua's out there throwing laser beans. You know, he's still throwing laser beans, and they had a bye at a good time. You want to have a bye between the dead middle of the season, between week eight and week nine. 
You don't want to be too fatigued where you're losing games leading up to the bye, and you don't want to have an early bye where you're fatigued towards the end of the season. You want that bye between week 8, 9, and 10, and that's where the Miami Dolphins have had their bye week. Now, we'll see later. Maybe Tua gets hurt again, and then they go back to being the Dolphins that I kind of thought that they would be. But right now, I'm going to keep them at, at four. Now, three. Now, Tennessee – uh, beat Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers in a five-day period. Uh, the Titans, uh, second-run defense, probably the most physical team in the NFL, if not one of the top three between the 49ers and the Ravens as the more physical teams in the NFL. Uh, Trayvon Burks back. Uh, they seem to have a solid running game. They seem to build so much depth on their team Due to all the players, the transactions that were made with this team last year, this team's starting to come around. They're a three-seed in the AFC. Uh, They seem to be playing a little bit better each week. Offensively, they still have some issues there. Uh, Austin Hooper's coming around. Had two touchdowns the other day out of Austin Hooper. Uh, If this team can stay healthy at running back, maybe they pick up a Daryl Henderson or a – uh, Melvin Gordon as an extra running back. I'm not in love with their third running back, uh, Haskins, who is returning punts now. I do like Dontrell Hilliard. And, of course, we like uh, – I like, obviously, Derrick Henry, their main guy at that running back position. But if if Tannehill can keep those interceptions down, which he has, he had a bad one on Thursday, this team could be right there in the Super Bowl hunt. Uh, they've been there every year. Uh, or been they've been in that hunt the last few seasons, definitely last year. You know, they've got a big game coming up this Sunday, and they've lost two straight to Cincinnati, and they're chomping at the bit. I, I want to see how they stack up against Cincinnati uh, come up here in the next uh, – this Sunday, excuse me, like the next few weeks. But I still think that they're right there, man. They're probably one of the best coach teams in the league. Um what I say, what I'm read something about Mike Vrabel. I may have had it in my big tablet or I may have had it in the other tablet, but there's some interesting stats on him. If it's not, it's probably in my phone here. Interesting story here about Mike Vrabel and his record. Uh, unbelievable record since he has been the coach there. And it's probably on this tablet here. But either way, I'll say this. It, it it was impressive, even for, for me, and, and I keep up with this stuff. But the Titans, yeah. Oh, here we go. The Titans now on the fifth best record since Vrabel became the head coach and, and since 2018. That is includes 29 and 19. He is a 604 uh winning percentage outside AFC South and 41 and 21 versus this. Check this out. 41 and 21 versus teams of winning records. Um, how they keep proving the skeptics wrong. That was a write up in the athletic over the weekend about Mike Rabel. You know, so I, I don't have any issues with keeping them at number three. Uh, number two, hey, Philadelphia, man, I, th- I thought they would have some trouble going on the road against uh, uh, the Colts, but they, and they did. They did most of the game. They were beat three quarters. But, you know, they stayed to their identity. They didn't panic under pressure. Jalen Hurts will probably get some MVP votes. I don't think he'll win it. But, hey, they got the best record in the NFL. They're 9-1. You've got to look at best player on the best team or team with the best record. Uh, I would uh, remember the year that uh, Lamar Jackson got it. It was 14-2. and two with the uh, Baltimore Ravens a few years ago. So I would be surprised if Hurts did not get that MVP. But right now, my MVP would probably go to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and, of course, Kansas City's my one seed. They're the one seed in the uh, AFC uh, West, or in the AFC all around. They're leading their West division. You know, they can run the ball. Uh, they're still pretty good at stopping the run or slowing the run down. They can win in different ways. Uh, 
they could still get ball the ball to their best playmaker, and that being Travis Kells. Three touchdowns the other day. You know, uh, Kansas City's Kansas City. Juju Smith-Schuster was out the other day. They they acquired Kavarius Tony. He was injured. Valdez Scanlon, uh, he, he was uh, uh, banged up. But they still found a way to win. They seem to make the best situational calls there. Uh, a good one-two with quarterback and coach. And they're on a heck of a run themselves in the last five years. I can't believe they've been able to withstand this uh, two Super Bowl appearances. I want to say, what is it, two now? Uh, AFC Championship game appearances with those two Super Bowl appearances. This Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid run is a heck of a run. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't get back to the Super Bowl this year and win it. But right now, they're number one in my power ranking team. Uh, I think they would probably beat Philadelphia head to head. I think that's there that would be too much between Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes versus Andy Reid's former team uh, in the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. All righty then. So, like I did last week, good scope, bad scope. Okay. Where I was right, where I was wrong. Uh, good scope. Been saying this for months, been saying this probably for the last two years. Now, again, the Rams, if you win that ring, that ring can't be taken away. I mean, that ring is that ring. That ring was always going to be there. No matter what happens, you still got that ring, you know. But I did say that they lacked depth, and I did think the injuries would catch up with them, and I did think they would miss Andrew Whitworth, and they have. They've lost six of seven. Stafford got hurt again. He led the league in interceptions last year. I thought they wouldn't get back to the Super Bowl. I didn't think they'd be this bad, but I think that was a good scope about me talking about that Ram team, okay? Bad scope. Thinking that Chargers could get a win over Kansas City and possibly get into the playoffs this year. Uh, they acquired Cleo Mack. They, uh, they uh, have a healthy Darwin James coming in. Okay, with Joey Bosa. All right. Uh, they they re-sign Mike Williams to an extension, but I was skeptical uh of Brandon Staley, but I thought, man, maybe I'm being too hard on him. He's 38 years old, he's really young. But then I turn around. Uh, I thought maybe they, they I don't think they're gonna be a playoff team. They're 500 right now, and they still got a pretty tough road ahead of them. That was a bad scope. I thought they would. And right now, it looks like they're not going to, and I think they'll make a coaching change. So I was wrong about them beating Kansas City. Uh, Good scope. Dallas, simply better. This is my good scope. Simply better when they run two-to-one, prefer to uh, pass two-to-one ratio. Again, Dallas Cowboys, they uh, double their runs to passes. They win 40 of the three. If they had had that attitude going into the fourth quarter, Dallas would be sitting there uh, with just two losses right there on Philadelphia's heels uh, for the uh, NFC East and the best record in the NFL with that wicked pass rush. But they want to be cute. Uh, they're big favorites. Uh, nine and a half is last I checked over the Giants. They got to play them on Sunday against Brian the Ball. Then maybe the Giants simply ran out of gas, and maybe it's 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 stroke midnight for Cinderella uh, up there in New York. But either way, if Dallas can stay with the run over the past, we saw what they did with Cooper Rush, uh, beating a good Cincinnati team. Uh, they also obviously beat Minnesota this past week, you know. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Don't get past happy if you're Dallas, all right? I was right about that. Bad scope. Thinking the University of Tennessee could get to a playoff easily without noticing their road record. Uh, Tennessee, the college team, uh, here's the truth of the matter is, when they played Pittsburgh, uh, their quarterback got hurt. They almost lost that game. They were down most of that game in the college game. 
Uh, they got humiliated, destroyed against South Carolina on uh, uh, Saturday, giving up 60-something points. They were beat by Georgia. Who have they really beat? I'll go a little bit more on that here in the next segment, but that was my bad scope. I was for sure they were going to beat South Carolina, and I was for sure TCU was going to lose. Neither happened. TCU edges by Baylor, and Tennessee loses to South Carolina. And now I want to say LSU is up the fifth. Okay? Uh, let's see. Good scope. Last week, starting, uh, I said power running game and making Jalen Hurts be the key to beating the, the league's record, the best record in the uh, NFL, the Eagles. Barely slipping past the Indianapolis Colts, watching what Washington Commanders did, watching, watching what the Colts did, even though the Colts lost the one-score game. Matt Ryan is one of the worst two-minute quarterbacks in all of football. He's a stick man back there. He couldn't go back. He had plenty of time. He's about two or three throws away from kicking the game-winning field goal. But that, I think, will be what everybody's going to use. Uh, they're going to use uh, – I think a Tennessee team will beat them come December 4th if Tennessee is healthy as they are now. I think they will beat Philadelphia up there in Philadelphia. But that's the key to beating this team that has played really well. Okay. That's the good scope. Good, bad, good, bad. Okay? All righty then. Now, going back to the University of Tennessee, a lot of people have asked me about this, okay? Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan said, in regards to spread teams, now this was a pro, this was in the pros, but he says, in regards to spread teams, Pro, but also college, fall apart as the year goes on. Teams need more power football, pro-style football, okay? Uh, especially when they don't have the, the proper depth. And he was talking about Cliff Kingsbury. And I want to show you this. I think that was on this tablet here. But he made a really good point, Rex Ryan. And I don't agree with Rex Ryan on everything, but I remember him saying this. Last year, you know, in regards to spread. Okay, this is last year. He was on ESPN Radio, and he was on uh, with Keyshawn Johnson's show last year talking about Cliff Kingsbury. He says, I'm not hating on Kyler Murray. I'm not hating on the air raid system, the former air raid. Uh, what did he say? He basically saying that you're going to run your own defense out of gas. He says, you know, when Cliff Kingsbury came in the league, I was like, this dude's going to get smoked, Ryan said. And quite honestly, it was because of college football. You have 100 kids on a roster, so you don't care if you can run as fast as you want to and you can do all this type of stuff. You're going to wear your defense out. You'll wear that defense out, but you're also going to wear your own defense out. You know, and, and that was about Cliff Kingsbury. Now, now, mind you, Kingsbury had Patrick Mahomes in Texas Tech. He had Patrick Mahomes, and he was 500 at Texas Tech. Go back and look at how many of these Big 12 teams, how many of them won a national championship in the last uh, 20 years. And... You look at a team, even I went back to 2005. I don't even think that the Texas Longhorns were considered a spread team with Finch Young. But all those great Oklahoma teams, those Texas teams after that, uh, how many championships do you see Texas Tech winning? How many championships do you see Oklahoma State winning? Uh, Baylor. Baylor's a prime example. Baylor's offense is identical to Tennessee's offense. People ask me, why is Tennessee? Man, they got smoked bad by a, an average uh, South Carolina team. And the truth of the matter is, like Cliff Kingsbury's team in the NFL, and we're seeing it again, they got smoked last night by the, uh, by the 49ers. You know? But even at the college level, 
even at the college level, you don't see those teams winning, you know? And you say, well, what about teams like LSU, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, who've all won a national championship within the last 10 years? Look at the running game of those teams. Look at the the, the defensive personnel of those teams. All those teams had running backs that played in the NFL. ETN, there's a slew of running backs. Do I have to name an Alabama running back? How many Alabama running backs are not in the NFL? That's the question, okay? Uh, You look at guys like James uh, Edwards Hilaire, whatever. People like him. NFL quality running back. They can go power or they can go spread. But that's why you don't see teams, Robert Griffin III, man, he's awesome, right? Well, what did they actually win? Did they win a national championship? You know, that all, and and look at Tennessee, what happened with their collapse? They were the number one team in the country. Well, how good, how many of those games were on the road other than LSU? They beat LSU because they were off a bye week, okay? They lost to Georgia. They lost to South Carolina, and they almost lost a uh, um, overtime game. They knocked out the quarterback for uh, Pittsburgh. Or they lost that game. That would have been three losses, essentially, and they could possibly lose to Vanderbilt. They could possibly – Vanderbilt beat, uh, beat Florida – and Kentucky two weeks in a row, Vanderbilt could beat them. Now, they've their uh, quarterback has lost their uh, Torres ACL. So this idea, look at Texas. They run a lot of spread. They got four losses this year. They almost beat Alabama in week one. So these high-powered, and let's go back a few years with the no huddle. These no huddle offenses. Everybody thought Chip Kelly was the greatest thing since sliced bread, okay? He never won a national championship with Oregon. He never won one. So he gets a job at the Eagles, and we know how that went. He wore his defense down, and that team fell apart. They looked great the first month or two, okay? He gets fired there, goes to the 49ers. He's fired there. He's back in college. He lost at Oregon. He lost to USC last week. They look good early. They're September teams. They're early October. These spread, uh, high, uh, fast-paced, no huddle. They look great. They look great. And then they start going downhill. You wear your own defense out. I mean, that that if that ain't enough proof, what is? Uh, what I recommend for a team like a Tennessee or any of these teams that are experimenting with it, I think you want to do a hybrid. Now, Alabama does have more of a hybrid. I think they're leaning more into it, into those air raid. Go back even farther. Look how bad Florida was late in the season under Steve Spurrier. Once he got a defensive coordinator he liked, and I think it was Bob Stoops, uh, then they started winning. But you really have to have a – hybrid type of team where you start off September, Labor Day weekend. Uh, You could start off doing those no huddle, fast-paced games while your guys are still fresh. Then as the weather changes, once you get into uh, just before uh, Halloween, you want to start putting in some more pro-style power running game, uh, time-consuming drives. To simply rest your players, even if you got a deep roster, you can still use some drives to do a no huddle spread. But I would not be married to the spread offense if you want to win a national championship. If you run to win a national championship, see, Pickle says run and shoot offense. All of them had to run the ball. Yeah, you have to run power football in the cold weather. You know. There's Ezekiel Elliott played for Ohio State, okay? That's why Ohio State, guys like Zeke Elliott, J.K. Dobbins, players like that, Travis Etienne with Clemson, uh, Derrick Henry with Alabama, Scarborough, Alabama. Uh, Who else? I mean, it's just they've got so many uh, players 
from Alabama, I can't even keep up with all their players. Uh, Clyde Edwards with Hilaire with the LSU. Those are teams that won a national championship. They had depth on defense, but they did. They can come in and they can run the ball and slow the game down and let your defense rest. And that's what that's what happened with Tennessee. And I told that to a guy where I don't believe that. I don't. I said, listen, man, that's the truth. They gave up sixty three points. How many big wins have they had on the road this year? Other than LSU, and that was because their defense rest the week before that in the bye week, you know. So th- this, you know, it, it, it's the truth of the matter. Now, of course, if you don't have, you have a lesser team, they're good for an upset. You're good for an upset. But look at the Mississippi State, you know. Mike Leach is fun to watch, but their his teams fall apart, you know. They do. I mean, they fell apart at Washington State. They fell apart at Texas Tech. They'll get an upset every now and then, but what do they do the next week? They usually lose. They, they, they usually lose. So that's that's the truth of it, whether you want to accept it or not. Uh, if you're a University of Tennessee fan, they just got to, uh, you know, recruit the depth, and they got to put in the hybrid offense, or they're going to be simply another team that's great in September and October, only to lose two or three games in November. Uh, and uh, and be non and void when it comes playoff time. Okay, other news in college football. Okay, now Billy Napier. Okay, I understand that it's his first year, but that's their first loss at no at Vanderbilt since nineteen eighty eight. Think about this. Now they have beat with um, who was the guy's name? Jeez, James Franklin. Now they uh, Florida Vanderbilt beat them down there with James Franklin. But the first loss at first time Vanderbilt beat Florida at Vanderbilt since 1988. Okay, and they're six and six now. I understand that they have a uh, number eight class coming in. But my issue is, um, and by the way, they have the number eight class according to 24-7 coming in and recruiting, okay? But that's the fans will still be skeptical with that. The fans will still be skeptical. When James Franklin came to Tennessee, came to Vanderbilt, uh, I want to say they beat a team like Arkansas right off the bat. They beat Arkansas. And you can kind of tell, uh, other than Utah, they don't really have a, um impressive win this year. You know, they beat – uh, they beat Utah opening game. They lost to Kentucky by double digits at home. They lost a rival Tennessee, somewhat of a rival. And then, of course, losing to Vanderbilt, even if it's your first year, the team you inherited wasn't that bad. You know, Napier coming from the University of Louisiana, that was a very Brian Hartson-like hire, if you ask me. That's the guy who recently got fired at Auburn. You know, Steve Salone uh, Pickle says in 1988. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's just he he's going to come in next year on the hot seat. This guy will, will come in next year on the hot seat, in my opinion. And I, you, as far as the the number eight recruiting class, I mean, you're going to get great players just for for the location, man. Just for being twenty miles from the stadium, you're going to get great Tampa guys. If you're in University of Florida, and and, and uh, you're going to get players from Orlando, Tampa, Lakeland, Florida, so that's really not a big selling point for me, you know. And they this they uh, withdrawn the recruitment from a um, from a player because he said uh, the N word in rap lyrics. So I don't know if this guy's there to straighten up the program. I know they were bad under Urban Meyer. But Florida, I guess it's a pressure cooker. 
because Steve Spurrier only stayed there 10 years. Urban Meyer stayed there five years, you know. And then, of course, you've had your your smaller stints in between. Uh, you're always going to have speed on defense up there. Uh, you just need a little bit of balance, and it, you need a you need a competent offensive minded head coach and uh, good recruiters on for the defensive side. And you can win at Florida. I understand that Georgia is just a well of a team, just an excellent recruiter and Kirby Smart. I think they're going to win the whole thing here in the next few weeks. I understand that. But Florida, I mean, they've won two national championships with two different coaches. I think they're in the last, what, less than 25 years, I want to say, two uh, three different that three national championships with two different coaches. I, I think that the, they can definitely do it again with another coach. They're kind of like an Ohio State in a way. They're kind of like an Alabama in a way. The talent is there. Only thing you need is the right guy, you know. But this idea that that's no big deal, no, that that's a big deal, you know. That that that's a big deal for me. Thirty-one to four. They had thirty-one points to Vanderbilt. You know, lost to Vanderbilt on Saturday was ugly, and the Gators' head coach Napier isn't denying that his team. This is what the headline was: uh, that his team to be woefully unprepared for what should have been the team's ninth straight win against the Commodores. Now they got to go play at Florida State. Now Florida State. They're on the upward swing under Mike Norvell. If they knock them out, that'll give the fans something to hang on to. I don't think they're going to be – they've got a better quarterback than Florida State. I know that. I've watched both of them. Uh, they got team speed is very equal. It is at uh, Tallahassee. That would be a big help. That would be a big help to get their ninth win. Or not ninth win. I think they're like 500. Either way. Either way, um, some people are calling it parody. I'm just calling it this guy is just a mediocre coach right now. Uh, he, he's right with that Hartson guy. Wasn't very impressed with him. Uh, there's plenty of coaches out there, uh, young, hungry recruiters who are good coaches who could put together a balance there. Just take your time and go after them and pay the big money. I don't know. Maybe they have facility issues down there. There's something wrong there, and I just can't put my finger on it right now for Florida. Now, that being said, when I was in college 15 years ago, they had Billy Donovan in basketball, and they had Urban Meyer in football. They were dominating. Maybe they're just in a downward spiral right now, Pickles, and it just doesn't think um, seem like things are working out. Okay, Auburn. Auburn, uh, there was one report that they were interested in Davo Sweeney. I think that was simply a rumor. They probably reached out to his agent. Uh, Sweeney seems to be getting more recruits. He seems to be on the upswing. Um, I think they got a big game coming up this weekend. Yeah, they got to play South Carolina. South Carolina beat Tennessee. Uh, In-state rival. I don't think the Auburn's going to get Dabo Sweeney. Deion Sanders seems to be have some red flags, okay? There was a report that there's some red flags uh, according to Brett McMurphy on Dion, if I can find out which tablet that either I put it on my regular tablet or I put it on um, my phone here. But anyways, so Dion, which I, I don't know. I, I just think that, okay, Brett McMurphy here from Action Sports says, one potential obstacle for Deion Sanders being hired at the FBS level, sources told Action Network, it is multiple academic and financial issues that surrounded Sanders' failed prime prep academy. I think that was a charter high school or something like that, a charter school where it is in front of every president's mind, uh, one source said. So that that is uh, something to be to be thought of. That being said, uh, Colorado supposedly interested. I want to say it was UCL for somebody like that. But I just I don't know, man. I I, I don't. Um, 
I just don't think that the fact that that would hold him back. Okay, here we go. The school, this is his, Sanders uh, co-founded Prom Prep Academy in 2012. The group of Texas-based charter schools faced a myriad of issues that was closed uh, in January of 2015 due to financial insolvency. The school was accused of being financially corrupt and failing to meet state academic standards. Sanders was fired by Prime Prep Academy in 2013 after he allegedly assaulted the school's chief financial officer during an argument. Despite that there's been numerous rumors reports of Power 5 schools having interest in Sanders, it's unlikely that Prime Prep Academy issues will completely block Sanders from eventually landing the job, but makes sense that there is a concern. Okay, that being said, the other candidates are Hugh Freeze, who had uh, character issues at Ole Miss. He was fired. I think he was fired for they used the conduct of the calling the escort service thing as an excuse to fire him because of the uh, violations that he was doing, accused of, uh, with those players, bringing in those big-name players. Uh, One of them said they were getting uh, money and stuff on camera. You know, uh, I can't remember one of them was a big-time left tackle, you know. But anyway, uh, Lermy Tunsil recruitment and a few other five-star guys. But Hugh Freeze is still one of the, the favorites. And the favorite, the favorite is Lane Kiffin, okay? Lane Kiffin had minor violations at the University of Tennessee. Then he also had, there's widely reported. I know there's these are just rumors, and the main outlets have stayed away from this story. But there were some uh, character issues between uh, him and uh, a fallout between him and Nick Saban. Okay, I'll just put it at that. I'm not going to go out on the uh, limb and say something, but there is some smoke there with some uh, character issues between him and, and a booster and Nick Saban. Uh, he abruptly left. Uh, he abruptly left, uh, um, what was it, uh, Alabama to take this what A&M job, whatever. And on top of all that, he's supposed to be the favorite. There's multiple saying he's the big favorite and he could possibly get the job at any time. But let's just get into X's and O's, okay? He's gotten three losses this year. Okay, he lost to Alabama. He just lost to Arkansas. And he's totally blown out by LSU. This is at Ole Miss. And then last year, he did have two losses, Alabama and Auburn. But I just don't know what this, for a guy who's been fired at USC, who left Tennessee in the middle of the night, uh, he comes off as a cocky, braggart, boastful coach who hasn't really won anything. You know, he, he got fired at USC. You know, he's won at the lower level at this Florida Atlantic or whatever the name of that school is. But uh, that being said, he his hands are dirty, just like uh, Hugh Freeze, who's now Liberty, okay? Dion just mentioned that the Prime Prep Academy stuff, but Dion's also had the number one player in the country, He's undefeated this season at Jackson State. He seems – I would rather roll the dice on a Deion Sanders or go to someone off of a big program, maybe even a Matt Rule. Uh, recently, guy got fired. He was successful in college, not just not in the NFL. But, but this thing about Lane Kiffin uh, leaving Ole Miss to take this job, when I think Ole Miss would, would probably match salaries. So he's taking an SEC West job for an SEC. Yeah, that you know, the argument for Auburn is Auburn, yes, they've won a national championship recently, okay? Uh, within the last 10, 10 years, uh, 10, 15 years, have they played? And they played for three. They should have played for three. They played for two in the last uh, 20 years, 
and they went undefeated, of course, in 2004. So, yeah, you can say that they have um, – they're slightly better than Ole Miss, but why wouldn't – if you're going to go into the shady recruiter guy that – you want to forgive him or whatever, why not take a chance on Freeze? Because Kiffin has been very close to what Freeze is doing. Okay? He's, uh, like I said, with the Tennessee stuff, the off the field, uh, these are rumors. These are rumors, but uh, there, there, there was a lot of rumors there with Kiffin. And there's just simply a lack of um, substance there with him. The fact that he's got three losses this year, he had two last year. He'd be going into year three next year. I don't see what the the big jump about Lane Kiffin is. You know, he hasn't really proved it. And again, he's he's got fired at USC. You know, it, it didn't end well at Tennessee. It didn't end well at Alabama. Uh, and now that you're so, if you're at Auburn. You're, you're, you're taking a chance on a guy that's very close to Bobby Petrino-like. Who's to say he won't walk out of this job and take an NFL job next year? You know, Auburn's just willing to do anything. And and it looks like that he's going to take that job, and they're going to offer it to him. Which I, I would rather um, – I'd reach out to uh, the former Washington coach who's currently retired, you know, yeah, Lane has a trail of trouble everywhere he goes. Here's some kind of – and they're work recruiting uh, – yeah, charter schools are um, – said a hustle to bury public schools. Well, they – I'd much rather have school choice than charter schools. Uh, that particular one, I, I think I think the thing with the Dion is Dion is a super competitor who wants to take shortcuts to get ahead – and he just wants to push things through. That's probably how he got ahead. You know, I don't, he probably got pushed through school. You know, he probably got pushed to school. And um, he he figures he can do that. Now, he hasn't had any trouble at Jackson State. Maybe they're looking the other way at Jackson State. Now, he's been there, I want to say, since 2020. So this will be three seasons. And there has not been any major issues for Dion at Jackson State. So maybe he's learned his lesson, you know. But him hitting the chan- him hitting the chancellor ten years now that was ten years ago. Dion's in his mid fifties now. Uh, but if you compare with Dion to the Lane Kiffin stuff, that that's pretty close. I'd much rather take a chance on a guy like Dion, even with his baggage, than a guy like Kiffin, who's already had big jobs and failed at big jobs, you know. But either way, Auburn, I know it's a very competitive job. Uh, they want to compete with Alabama. I, I guess it would be good for the um, – and this was the write-up, and the, it, CBS says, you know, he's won 18 games and counting in two seasons. Two sky – he said they said it's too shy of the school record given his agent Jimmy Sexton and current market Kiffin might well as look for a total package of figures, uh, eight figures over 10 seasons. I just don't get it, man. And he's got a really good agent. That's the same guy that's the agent for uh, same guy's agent for Nick Saban. You know, but that that's just the way. These guys a good agent. Kiffin's overrated, in my opinion. He's got three losses. You know, I understand if he beat Alabama or, or if he went to overtime, but no, nah, he got beat soundly. He got beat soundly. If you ask me, I've watched all these games he's coached and. He, he's just okay, you know. I mean, he's not worth paying all that money to. But, yeah, it is what it is. And then Pickle says, send a basket weaving one-on-one. Yep. Yeah, and that, and that may be. And quite frankly, if Dion, if I'm Dion, I don't know if I would take either the Colorado job nor would I take uh, the UCF job. I think he can hold out if Norvell continues to lose to Clemson and teams like Wake Forest, he might get his old school back. He might get the alma mater or whatever you want to call it uh, at, at Fuller State if, if I'm if I'm Dion, you know. But uh, either way, I would roll the dice for a guy like Hugh Freeze over Lane Kiffin. At least he's beat Nick Saban. That's in my opinion. 
and they both kind of got their hands dirty. All right, guys, if you like the show, share the show. Tomorrow I'll be back here, hopefully with Kavarius Tears. I'm going to ask him about uh, the NIL, how has it affected him uh, and uh, one of his teammates. Also going to go over uh, what's his what's his experience like, ask him his daily routine, playing for the number one team in the country, uh, stuff like that. And get, get some insight there uh, to a potential star baseball player and, and a major leaguer there, Kavarius Tears. So, uh, everybody, have a good night. I will see you same place, same time here on Sports Scope.